welcome to another episode of the Purposed Podcast, where we help business owners in Raleigh live with intention. I'm your host, Adam Gross, and we, if you're listening to this, by the end of this podcast, you are going to explore so many different options that you could take to diversify your portfolio as a business owner and an investor in your life. The reason I can say that is because I'm joined today by someone you know well and we are gifted to have this person here. It's our producer and dear friend, Gordon Buchanan of Blue Cannon Ventures. That's it. That's me. What's up, Adam? Good What's morning. Up? We're glad to get you on the mic. Gordon. Yeah, this is really weird. No, I'm just kidding. It's, no, it's fun. It's fun to be here, and I, I am excited to chat with you. It's always fun to watch you at work. You're so impressive when you interview everyone else, and now I get to experience that from this side. Yeah, you so. get to be in the hot seat today. Oh, let's see about that. And yeah. for the listeners as well, when Gordon and I first set off to do this podcast, it was probably, what, three months ago? And we recorded like three episodes of us just talking to each other before we even launched the first episode. So we are well warmed up to give you all a lot of value. So Gordon, let's get started. You're working on a lot of exciting stuff right now. Uh, let's start with the present. You know, what, what is, what are you doing? Like what, 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 what yeah. is it you do exactly? Mm-hmm. I think my wife would ask me the same thing sometimes. No, I, um, I am running with my brother, kind of a family owned holding company is the best way to put it. Uh, blue can adventures. And we have a few different assets that we work on. You know, we spend our time on, um, the primary of which is a national chain of yard game rental services called mm-hmm. triangle lawn games. And that, that is where I spend a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have a few other things like we have a, a property development project that we are almost done with out in Idaho. We're pretty excited about that one. So that'll be a kind of ski condo thing. We've got investments in the home services business. We've got, um, the landscaping and tree service business in the Midwest. And we are about to open up with that same partner, um, a mobile, no, a junk hauling business, so we'll be involved in that. And then I have kind of as my base, my, my sort of skill set is web marketing. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my background. And so it is sort of the foundation of a lot of what we do. Mm-hmm. And we, we do take on some clients here mm-hmm. and there if they fit. I've um, got a couple attorneys. Um, the home service businesses that we work with are actual clients. We have a couple other home services businesses. So that's kind of how I spend my time is, mm-hmm. um, you know, working on all that stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And just so the listeners are aware, you know, Gordon, you're, it's really impressive what you're doing. It's uh, the lawn game business. You have the ability to scale quickly. Yeah. And because it's sort of like, you know, you can go far and, and fast. Yeah, it's, it's pretty flexible and pretty easy to set up. It's not expensive to set up because mm-hmm. we've, we've built a model where we, we find people in communities, big cities mostly, that want a side hustle, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of starts as a side hustle. It's becoming more than that for some of our partners and, and myself who I run Raleigh included. Um, but basically it's this flexible side hustle renting yard games out of your house. So all we really have to do is buy the yard games, find the partner or find the partner, buy the yard games, build the website and let it go. Basically mm-hmm. we've got all the infrastructure in place from the finance perspective and answering the phones and sending out the invoices and insurance and kind of the whole apparatus is built. It's just, you know, kind of adding people now, mm-hmm. which is yeah, building the tribe. Yeah. We're building our tribe and that's yeah. exactly what it is. And you know, um, my business partner, I have one, another partner that's involved in that pretty heavily. And he and I spend all of our time, a lot of our time on it, him entirely. And we talk about that all the time. It's, it's a people business. Mm-hmm. What triangle long games is it's about hiring great people 
and making sure that they treat our clients really well mm -hmm. and that they are happy doing what they're doing because it's we, we call ourselves the merchants of fun. It's a fun business. <laughs> yeah. It's really pretty simple, straightforward. You show up on time with yard games for an event yeah. and you bring, you know, what we feel is a lot more value to an event than the couple three, three, $400 you might spend on yard games. Mm -hmm. um, there's a ton of inherent value in just having those games there with people being able to talk and get to know one another and do something together and be competitive. So yeah, and connect. But, yeah. Just have yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. So we think that that yard game business is, is pretty special. There's something mm -hmm. to it. Um, and yeah, it's growing like a weed. I mean, it's been pretty wild. We have 24 or 25 locations yeah. now across the country. Well, more like a bamboo stick. Yeah, something right? like that. I guess. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's certainly cool. And, um, you know, I'm excited because I'm, I'm starting to hear business owners all the time. And we talk to people um, on this podcast and in this networking group all the time. It's really hard to work on your business when you're mm -hmm. working in your business. Mm -hmm. And for, you know, I've been running Triangle Long Games almost five years and I've, I've worked in the business the whole time. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, like we talked to, to Gray Lewis, who you know specifically is working in Mighty Dog Roofing to learn the business better because he's a, a very experienced executive with great business knowledge, but he doesn't know as much about the roofing business. So exactly, he's spending yeah. time in the roofing business to learn it front to back and then he can move to work on the business a little mm -hmm. more than in. And I'm excited because we've been able to hire people and, and grow and, and have the revenue to back up spending money on things and people so that I can do a little bit more of that, especially mm -hmm. going into 2023. So that's probably the thing I'm the most excited about right mm -hmm. now is just being able to make videos and work on resource guides and form partnerships and hire people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just doing the stuff that grows the business. Yeah. You're starting to, to really own the business ownership mm -hmm. mentality yeah. and that role. And it's different because there are so many people who are in operation, right? And mm -hmm. I, I speak this as a young person who has is, your own schemes and, and yeah, business ventures. Well, and it's very, very starting out. And I envision, you know, I'll be in ops for a long time as, a, as a build, you build the machine, right? And a lot of people feel stuck in ops. What are you doing to help sort of step out of the ops mm -hmm. that's been really effective for you? Because I know it's been something you've been focused on for a while now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a hiring matter mm -hmm. is namely what it is. And, and that hiring. So matter, like leveraging things out. Well, you know, when you're growing a business and at least in my experience now, you know, having been through this, there's, there's a certain point where you get to from a profitability standpoint, a revenue standpoint where you can actually afford to hire somebody to do your work. If that makes sense mm -hmm. for a long time, I, it was just triangle long game started here in Raleigh. It was just a side hustle, basically. I was still working. I used to work in digital marketing, and it was just a thing that I did by myself, right? Mm -hmm. And there wasn't enough money to hire anybody else or enough business to, like, make any of that worth it. And then even over, you know, we went through the pandemic, which was really hard for the event world, and us included. We made it through that, and then we, could t we just kind of continued growing and sticking with it and spending money on the business and putting money back into the business. And so there was never really a ton of money to like pay somebody to do all my deliveries here in Raleigh. Right. Mm -hmm. So I did end up buying like a van here and I drive around in that van all the time and I'm you know, <laughs> yeah. constantly in the van. You got, you got the uh, marketing material on the right. side. And so, you know, <laughs> I have been doing that a lot myself, you know, mm -hmm. I'd spend, you know, I'd work five days a week and then Saturday, Sunday be in the van for, <laughs> I sometimes get up at seven and not yeah. get home until 11. Right. Like mm -hmm. I'm just like rolling around delivering lawn games. And so there comes a point where, it's no longer has to be like the Raleigh location that's the most profitable is propping up everything and paying for everything. It's now at the point, thankfully, that everything's kind of like become 
self-sustaining in a way that allows us to say, oh, well, we have the budget to like hire, like we had just hired this awesome husband and wife duo here in the Triangle to help, and they have their own logistics business that we just kind of got connected. And it's like, these guys are awesome because they, they're just punctual, nice people that think that this is a cool idea. We pay them well, we pay fair wages. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's like, we have the budget to pay these awesome people to do this work that now I don't have to do as much of, mm-hmm. and I can spend time on other stuff. Yeah. Um, and I can continue to like, I, I, you know, I am a little bit of a like squirrel, squirrel, you know what I mean? Like sure. I, I do have a lot of that, I understand. but, but to, to be honest, I like that. I want that. That's why I left the regular work world. I want to be able to focus my time on whatever it is I want, mm-hmm. whenever I want. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I need to be inefficient, which is definitely the case sometimes, but I like being able to focus my attention on whatever my my brain thinks of that day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's completely unrelated to lawn games, and sometimes it's uh, entirely related to lawn games, and I have an epiphany, right? So mm-hmm. for me, that's been really pretty powerful, just mm-hmm. to be able to like have a block of time in a day to think yeah. about this and to work on stuff, you know? So this is a great transition. What, uh, what from your, the corporate world caused, caused you to start this in the first place? Like what, what helped you sort of take the leap out? Cause we've, you've helped me with this in the past, you know, for all the listeners, I was with a, a company that failed, you know, for the past two years. And as I was leaving the business, starting my own thing, Gordon really helped me a lot. So Gordon, you know, talk to us about what happened right before you had the light bulb of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. So I really, I worked for a great company, like a really good company. They're local, they're a um, communications conglomerate. They own the TV stations and radio stations and things like that around here. And they also started a digital marketing agency. And I got in on the ground floor of that digital marketing business and ended up becoming like the operations manager over five years and building a team out. And, you know, I had a lot of ownership of that, right? I spent a great deal of my 20s building that business with them and it was super fun it was exciting and then uh, it's just the truth of the matter is after that build was done and and we started getting into sort of the grind of just managing clients signing new clients getting the work done hiring managing kind of just the day-to-day work it got it felt like it was just constantly this anxiety this bogged down and and then you just had so many people involved hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stakeholders and hundreds of clients and all these salespeople and the apparatus of the company didn't necessarily know how to handle that business Mm -hmm. and they wanted the business to grow but they also you can't just take any client in marketing right but in order to grow a large-scale business and continue to hire people and pay those people you have to take as much revenue as you can so I think that there was just it just became this in untenable situation for me where I felt like my role was over like I had built this thing and come up with a lot of the I guess ingenuity of how it worked and the systems and the processes but I think in order some businesses just need a different hand to guide them to a next step right Mm -hmm. yeah and I think it came to a logical place where I was clearly done doing that job and they realized that and they did try to like put me in a different role. I was, they tried to move me into more of like a sales engineer strategy role, which yeah. I, I did for like two weeks and was just like, I am sorry, I can't do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I, I had triangle long games at that point and I had some consulting opportunities and I just had, you started the opportunity, the door started opening for, yeah, it was like, I saw, what I was the first door triangle long games. 
Okay. So how it, did like how did you come up with that? I read a book called The Hundred Dollar Startup by Chris Gillibau, I think it is, mm-hmm. and um, there were there's like multiple things that happened to me that made me want to start my own business. But it was you know I was kind of feeling this time to switch jobs, right? And I had read my colleague at the time, his name's Reagan. I'll give him a shout out if he listens to this. One of my best friends still. Send it to him, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he was <laughs> like, dude, you got to read this book. It's just like a powerful, simple read. It's called The $100 Startup. And it was all about people that were starting businesses for a relatively small amount of money, right? Like, I didn't have a, I didn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to start a business. I didn't have the time to do that. But I did want to start something. I wanted to get started on a small business. And I think if I were to give one piece of advice to anyone listening to this, it is just start something, mm-hmm. just try something. You just have to. So, you know, it's like dog walking or bike, bike repair or copywriting. There's all kinds of different things you can do. And I, I kind of liked the idea of owning assets and renting them, right? You buy something once and then it creates revenue long-term. Mm-hmm. That yeah. sounded cool to me. And you know, the traditional one is obviously property. You buy property and you rent property and, and we're trying to get into that game now, but it takes a lot more money to get into that, right? Sure. Um, so that wasn't the place I was gonna start. And so I just kind of landed, I was going to do rentmyraleigh.com and I could build websites, right? So that's a skill set I have. So I was like, oh, I can build a website and get it to rank. And so I was like, well, what can I do to buy and then rent out? And I was like, rent my Raleigh. And that would be like, you, Adam, have a bicycle and you want to rent it to somebody. Go through rent my Raleigh. It'll be up on the website. Somebody can rent it there. We'll broker the deal, keep a percentage, something like that. Um, And I was going to build that and I kind of started doing that and then, I just sort of landed on this idea of, I had, we had cornhole set in our garage that my brother-in-law had given us um, for our wedding. And, mm. you know, cool cool set of boards. And I'm like, would somebody want to rent that? Like, uh-huh. I don't use that. Like, I don't <laughs> use that except for like twice a year. Like, yeah. somebody might want that. And I, I built the website and I bought some games. I figured out like Jenga, Connect Four, and Cornhole were kind of like popular, popular games, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so I built the website. Two weeks later, NC State, like the university here, calls and like, yeah, we want to rent games for our field day in the summer. I'm like, why'd you get it that fast? Did you boost it up with SEO or? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I you know, just with your skills, you just yeah, know I mean, how to it's, make it it's, rank. There's just like a, there's a playbook for SEO that, uh-huh. that I know pretty well for, for local SEO, right? National SEO, like if you're a huge company trying to rank nationally for something, it's a little different and a lot harder. But when it comes to local SEO, there's, there's a playbook, especially when it comes to I did look at competition as well Mm -hmm. in the services like, oh, should I rent tents? Should I rent camping equipment? Should I rent tables and chairs? Well, turns out yard games, there isn't a lot of competition for that. So I did pick it specifically because I thought I could win. And it was true. You dominate the, the ca- it's like a, you're like a category king. You want to, you want to own your category when it comes to SEO for sure. And so I did pick yard games specifically for that reason. One of the reasons. And, um, yeah, it just kind of like built the, at the infrastructure there and then started happening. And yeah. it wasn't an immediate, like get rich quick scheme, right? Like no. you, you got to deliver the games, you got to buy the games, you got to repair the Well, you just said you've been building it for five years and right. it's just now becoming exactly enough to where well, you can use that for other things. Exactly. So that's kind of the story. But, you know, I, we talk about this all the time um, off off camera, off mic, but um, <laughs> yeah. it's my banana stand, man. Like I just. Well, yeah, that's what was my next question. So I just, tell everyone about the banana stand. I just love this concept of the banana stand so much. It guides my entire business career, in, at least thus far. But mm-hmm. um it's, there's this show called Arrested Development. It's a pretty silly show, but it's a very good show. And it's about this very wealthy family that made a ton of money in real estate and then it all crashed and they're going through that basically. But one of the 
funny tenets of the show is that there's always money in the banana stand. Mm -hmm. And you watch the show, you learn that's not exactly what they mean. But long story short, it's a banana split stand at a park and it just generates cash. It's just a simple business. There's a service there that people want and need and they're willing to pay for it. And you just have to do it right. It's Mm -hmm. not going to get you rich overnight. It's not huge money necessarily, but it is going to make money over time. Mm -hmm. And so I've always kind of kept that concept in my back pocket. What's my banana stand and triangle long games is turning into our banana stand. It's a, you know, we, we bought all the assets, we've hired the people, we've got the infrastructure set up. Now it's not just a, you know, print money kind of thing, but it is, it does generate clean cash and that's great, right? Because you can use good clean cash for other projects that definitely long-term pay you dividends. So mm-hmm. that's my banana stand. That's the concept. And I, you know, you've talked about it a little bit. You've got a, a vending business that you're yeah. getting into health clubs and, and, you know, co-working spaces and things. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar, right? It's a similar concept where you can find these partnerships, you can set up these, um, these kind of smaller scale operations in all these different places. And each one doesn't necessarily generate millions of dollars, but you know, if it generates no, it's refreshing, exactly. It's so it's very refreshing. It adds up, right? And yeah. it's fun. And it's kind of like, it's there in the background. And as you just continue building it, it continues to, to help you out and generate more mm-hmm. capital. So that's the concept of the banana stand that I would share with anybody is yeah. come up with something that, you know, people will actually pay for business doesn't have to be as sexy. I think as people want it to be, everybody wants to start an app or a tech company. And, and that's totally cool. If you have an original idea or even an unoriginal idea and just a different way of doing it or a client do it. That's great. I, I want people to build a company and sell it for a billion dollars. That's super cool. But there's plenty of businesses that you can start that make 40 grand a year, 20 grand a year, 150 grand a year. And those are good businesses too, right? Well, it's a, it's a good launching pad. Exactly. You know, it's, it's a, for, so for all the listeners who are listening, the, right now, this topic is not going to ben- benefit you if you're making $3 million a year in revenue in your business. You're going to think, okay, you guys are some little guppies. What we're talking about right now is going to help the people who are transitioning from an employee to a business owner mindset, and they're looking for what is like the one simple thing I can do to face my fear of making money and in ch- transitioning into like, oh, wow, there actually is a lot of money to be made in the economy. There is a lot of abundance. There is a lot of possibility for me to to grow into a business owner role and you can use this concept of the banana stand as your launch pad if especially if you sell things that aren't a lot of money so for example when I first had the market and I came up to Gordon we went to a Canes game it was one of the first times we got to know each other and I talked to Gordon about it and I said man I have no idea how I'm going to do this and Gordon always said he said just start and for me I used to have a lot of fear about selling Right. If you especially if you're going as an employee and then as a you're transitioning to a business owner, if you own something, you have to sell it. And that was something that used to freak me out with this banana stand concept. The ticket is not very high. And a lot of people, when they see that, it doesn't look very sexy. And you're going to be like, oh, like, I don't need to do that because I'd rather make a ton of money. The, the key with starting as a low ticket is you can build off of it. There's no, if you start small or if you start just at the next logical step for you, then you can grow based on that. It's like your little seed, Mm -hmm. right? And then you, you just water your seed over the years. Okay. And so 
now Gordon is talking about how he's going in from, he started with the lawn games, which is relatively lower ticket. And now he's moving into, because he's built a strong foundation of cash flow, he's moving into bigger projects. And so just imagine in the next 10, 20 years, how big the projects can actually get and the impact he can have throughout what he's doing using the cash flow he's already built. So I just share that because there are going to be listeners who are uh, in this mode where it's like, you know, maybe I'm hurting for money. Maybe I have to build yeah. something, a side hustle. And you're very skilled at just going out and making money, you know? So what are, what do you say the, the, we talked about this in the past on an episode we never recorded or we never put out, you know, what would you say is like Gordon's playbook for having someone go from no business to up and running, making money for themselves? Yeah. Uh, well, so I think there's a few skill sets that I had, and I, I've been pretty fortunate as well because I have a wife that's kind of given me the, the leeway to do what I've done over the last few years. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that I, I haven't done it on my own, but I, I would give her a lot of credit as well. Sure. But there are a few skill sets that I think people could learn that anyone can learn. It is free to learn on YouTube. It is free to learn online. You just have to spend the time on it, spend 30 minutes a day trying to learn it. Learn how to build websites Maybe it's using Squarespace or Wix. I know WordPress really well, but knowing how websites work and just watching some YouTube videos about what is WordPress, how does a WordPress site get built, or you know, Squarespace, how do I build my own website? That's a really, it's effective because it's, an, it's your first employee, right? Mm-hmm. It's your hardest working employee. It works 24 seven as well. So you need to know how websites work, I think, for a small business. You need to understand Google My Business, so learn about what Google My Business is, learn about how to set one up for yourself, how to get it verified, how to add products and services and descriptions and images and, you know, and then getting reviews. And then you can ask people for reviews, your friends, your family, anybody it is, try to get reviews on that Google My Business. And if you have a good website, a decent website even, and a Google My Business that's got, you know, it's all built out with reviews and things, that's a really, really good foundation to get business, right? And people will start finding you online. And then you've got you've to find a, and you know, to start, I guess you find a service that you think, you know, you can handle that people would actually pay for. And it doesn't mean you have to recreate the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I, I would recommend that book, $100 Startup by Chris Gilbell, because it's like, oh, well, I can, what do I, what do I already do well? I like knitting or I like, um, I like bikes or I like surfing or I like, um, I, we had a guy um, that was in this group that had, he was a climber, mountain climber, um, and you know, like rock climbing. And he, he and his buddy made this bomb. It's called like Dragon Bomb, I think. And they're selling the crap out of this stuff now. And they just, they knew that they wanted this better bomb. And so they figured it out. They figured out, hey, this is how you'd make it. They were like melting down wax on their own. It didn't cost them that much money, right? It's just, you have to be pretty curious. You have to try to figure stuff out on your own and just try to, you know, not spend too much money doing it mm-hmm. and just start, just, mm-hmm. just start something. So those are kind of like the big places I would start is like come up with an idea on something that you, you're kind of interested in or you think that at least you'd enjoy enough to, to do and then get your website and Google My Business skills up and you can do that for free online um, and then just start start digging in and figuring stuff out. Yeah, and uh, that, that's a great point. You know, who do you feel like based on everything that you've done and this road, because you, you did start in a company, you started in a couple of different companies. How do you, how do you feel like it's all shaped you as a person and as a, as a businessman? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it's, it's certainly focused me on, 
like some specific, like I kind of have a playbook now, like we we talked about, right? You, mm -hmm. you build a, a playbook and it's also, you know, so that's, that's given me sort of a focus. It's given me this kind of purpose. I think I'll, I say this, I've said this before to people and it, it really is true. When I was working at my jobs, I, I honestly never felt like a light at the end of the tunnel. That was the truth of it. Like mm -hmm. I just never felt like I was working toward anything. I was just sure. kind of working and making money and just kind of there. Right. Yeah. I really truly feel a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel when I build my own businesses. I'm not the kind of guy who's going to work 16 hours a day till I'm 75. I'm just not that person. I don't want to be that person. No. I like hanging out with my friends and family and playing music and being at the beach and drinking beer and like chilling. I like chilling. Right. Mm -hmm. So my light at the end of the tunnel is I actually believe now that I can be chilling in a way, at least in a way that makes me happy that isn't constant working before I'm 40, I think. Mm -hmm. So at this point, that's, that's the thing that's really changed over my five years of doing this is that I have this light at the end of the tunnel. And you know, if I don't make it to, if I don't, if I don't stop working at 40, it's not the end of the world, right? I'll still do something in some capacity. Mm -hmm. um, but I just feel like there's, there's like a goal at the end of the, you know, the end of the road now that I, that I can see, that I can touch, that I'm going to get. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's, that's really the biggest thing for me that's changed is my yeah. mindset. I'm, I'm less anxious. I'm less stressed, still deal with all that stuff like everybody, but I just feel like I'm working towards something now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's great. And the, you know, the coolest part about what you do is you bring people together. Yeah. You know, with the lawn games, you, you said, you know, it's special. And for me, it'd, it'd be special because every event I've ever, let me just tell you a story. The, I had a family friend in the community, in, uh, in our Raleigh community, he was very influential and he ended up passing away. And every, it, it was great because the, the family did a celebration of life. Mm -hmm. And I'd never been to one of those before where everyone comes together and basically just, uh, you know, celebrates the life of the man. And he was, had that charm about him where he, he wanted just, he loved NC State football and he loved tailgating and he just loved playing, throwing, up, throwing the football with people and mm -hmm. just drink, going out and hanging out with people. Mm -hmm. And he was the type of guy, every time you saw him, he just waved and smiled. And to be in that room where everyone was celebrating this man's life and like you'd walk through the tables and you know, you'd hear down at the table, like people only sharing good stories. It was incredible. And it was incredible. And, um, and it was just a, what, one of the coolest parts is this week they're doing like a tailgate in his honor. And That's so cool. it's just crazy to think like the littlest things can, can be like at the tailgate, they'll have cornhole, right? They'll mm -hmm. have like can jam, they'll have uh, Jenga. So it's just cool to think that like, you know, everything, you know, it's just cool to see how many people can come. Yard games are cool, man. It. Cause they sort of grease the wheels for fun, mm -hmm. right? They grease the wheels for human interaction and communication. And it's just, it's something anybody can do from any age. It's something that almost any event can have. Um, and it's, it's just, it's a cool experience to be a part of it. And I'm glad we stumbled on it because it is, was pretty random and still is. When I tell people what I do, they're like, what? <laughs> I ca I've kind of started telling people like I own a chain of event rental businesses or specialty event rental businesses. <laughs> yeah. Sounds a little more proper, I guess. But yeah, man, the, the game thing has been a, a real blessing for us. Yeah. And, you know, we're excited to be a part of it. We're excited to continue to grow it. And, you know, it's a part of our, our asset class. You know, it's part of our portfolio. Mm. Um, that is a great, great asset for us. And we hopefully can continue to, to leverage it to do other things and, yeah, and to grow it. And 
to hire people that you know have a great opportunity to do cool work that's fun mm-hmm. and continue to help the community. We do give a we give away a lot of games, a lot of money, and things like that, which you know we don't need to get into. But I think that Triangle Lawn Games is a vehicle for the community. Which oh yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Um, okay, so this was Gordon Buchanan of Blue Cannon Ventures. Uh, Gordon, thanks for your time. How what what do you feel like? You know, if there's someone who's listening to this in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. you know, what what would you say to them? Go to yeah. AustinLawnGames.com and <laughs> rent some yard games. Because we got you there. Well, um, where's your next location you want? We uh, we just opened up in Phoenix, and we're about to open. We're trying to get D.C. We've got some okay. people we're talking to in D.C. We're trying to look into Atlanta. And then we have somebody that is in Denver that's interested that is going to pull on. But the next thing we're working on is we're going to open up a – we're actually opening up a Raleigh South location. Oh, cool. And we're starting to expand. We're opening – I'm going down to Charlotte right after this to open Charlotte North. Mm-hmm. We're trying to expand in our cities to offer – Closer pickup spots, basically. Awesome. So we, we think that'll help a lot. So awesome, man. We're pretty stoked, man. There you go. But I really appreciate you having me on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, for me, bringing the podcasting equipment. And uh, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, a lot man. of fun. Yeah, this is a, this is a dynamic duo. And uh, you know who knows, when we're on episode 500, we'll have people in our tribe come all the way back and listen to this episode and be like, dang, those guys are awesome. Dang, it's really boomy room in there. <laughs> they need a drier room. <laughs> Okay. This is the Purpose Podcast where we help business owners in Raleigh live with intention. If you're in Raleigh, come to PNG at Raleigh Founded Gateway every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, guys, be